And I was pressing in the, in the G League, you know, to start the season. I started the season like 0 for 24 from three. Like, you remember that, Packy? We talked about that. You know, I do. I was, yeah, we talked like, about it. Shit, bro. Like, I was pressing, I was forcing because I was so consumed with trying to get back to the NBA. And I just kept thinking NBA, NBA, NBA. And I thinking about where I was in the moment. Up Basketball is proud to bring you Mental Buckets, a show about athletes, the stories behind their careers, and the mental toughness needed to get to the next level. This podcast is sponsored by Up Basketball. Through basketball, we strive to develop hardworking and mentally tough individuals who understand their potential is unlimited. Check out our website at www.upbtraining.com for more information on our basketball skills training program. And I'm Packy Turner, player development coach and co-founder of Up Basketball. And I'm Mike Franco, the mental skills coach with the Dallas Mavericks and Texas Legends. On the show today, we got Juan Toscano-Anderson. You know, this is a, a Bay Area native, Oakland raised, went to Castro Valley High. When I was in college, he was at Castro Valley, and I just remember hearing about their team. I had to go see them play, and that was the first time I ever saw Juan play. And he was a stud. You know, he he had game. And I remember he was already committed to Marquette, and uh, having him on and hearing his true journey from the Oakland Rebels and how that really helped him understand what hard work was and and the grind he had to build to going to Marquette and all the struggles he went through there that have helped him get to where he is today. Um, I'm excited for you guys to hear this. And after coaching against Juan for a couple of years and now finally talking to him, you could see his whole story come together. This is a guy on the court who's talking to his teammates. He's communicating. He's setting screens. He's just doing everything you need in a winning player to ha- and he's shown his success over and over again whether it's in a different country in college in high school or the g league and he's kind of made it out of all of that and he understands who he is he understands what kind of player he is and that really takes a lot of knowing yourself and understanding your role and also accepting your role in that process Juan knows exactly who he is he's a glue guy um, there's areas he wants to improve at to become a even more, you know, impactful glue guy, but he knows who he is. He works his, his ass off to do it. So it's no surprise that he is where he is today with the Golden State Warriors. We hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. I want to start, go back to the, back to the roots. Uh, you growing up in the Bay area, what was, uh, the hoop environment like for you coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, growing up in the Bay Area, so I started playing basketball in third grade. And, uh, man, I, I started off, I went to a Warriors camp. Obviously, people know that side of the story. You know, my third grade teacher was uh, Al Adels' wife, Mrs. Adels. Uh, she's a great lady. And that's kind of how I, start, I started playing, man, Warriors camp. And then I started going to two. Well, uh, the Boys and Girls Club on 85th was my local recreation center. Um, but my grandma, which is crazy, man, she don't barely even speak English. She was uh, taking us to practice with One Nation. Okay. So One Nation was an old AAU team in West Oakland at Poplar. Um, there was a coach at my at one of the elementary schools I used to go to. So that's kind of how we got hooked up with them. Um, and I just I just kept playing, man, at the recreation centers. Never really played seriously. Never really had nobody really teaching me the mm-hmm. game. Um, and then I got on a team with DBC, a bunch of guys, you know, I don't want to make it sound like a bad thing, like they're bad people, but you know, a lot of those guys that I played on that team with are, some are dead, some are in jail. Um, and that's just, I say that to say, you know, like 
that's the type of environment I grew up in. It's kind of like a, a dog eat dog world. A lot of those kids were, well, they're grown men now if they are still alive, but and they grew up in environments and households where they didn't have any guidance. They didn't have any resources to, you know, kind of see another way out other than the basketball. And, you know, neither did I really. I didn't really have a vision of playing, going to college, getting a scholarship, let alone playing pro or even in a damn NBA, you know. So mm-hmm. um, I started off with DVC. Um, then in high school, I went to Cache I went to Cache Valley High School, played JV my freshman, freshman year. Um, sophomore year, play VAR, but I wasn't really playing too much. And I was actually going to quit basketball, man, for real. <clears throat> so, oh, wait, back to, backtrack a little bit. Let me backtrack a little bit. So, <laughs> after my freshman year, after my freshman year, I was going to go try – I went to try out for the Oakland Rebels. And they were pretty stacked. And like I said, I wasn't very good, man. I was a decent basketball player. But I'm just one of those high school kids that's okay for high school, you know. I wasn't one of those kids that people were like, oh, he's going to get a scholarship or he's going to be a killer, you know. So after that summer, they didn't really have no space. Uh, I didn't make the team, man. Let's just put it like that. And But they, they, they were good people, man, and they, they allowed me to practice with them and continue to work out with them, but I wasn't on the team. So went back my sophomore year, played VAR, but I wasn't really playing too much for it, wasn't really playing too well, and then I was actually going to quit. So a friend of mine, Hamid Ali, y'all probably know that name, played at San Leandro High. Yep. Uh, he called me. He He's like, man, I heard you're going to quit basketball. Just come try out for the Rebels again. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm cool. Like, really fuck basketball. Like, I'm off it, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's like, just try it, man. Just so you got nothing to lose. So I go. And, man, after that, it was history, man. They Those kids, well, they're grown men. I don't want to keep saying kids. But those guys, you know, TJ Taylor, Hamid Ali, Dominique Taplin. Brendan Keene, you know, that was a, a core group of five of us. And we took it upon ourselves to work out. And I just kind of fell into that culture they had, man. We were showing that we were catch, I was catching Bart from Castro Valley to Berkeley every single day to go practice, to go work out with these guys. That's why I'm, I'm a firm believer in you got to surround yourself with the right people. Because once I surrounded myself with people in a different environment, people that had better guidance, you know, people that saw a vision, I kind of just like rubbed. It was contagious for myself. So junior year, offers was rolling in. And then that summer before my senior year, man, I remember it was one tournament we played at in Indiana. Um, and after the first game, I picked up like six offers, Texas, um, Cal, Arizona State, Colorado, uh, just so many offers, man. And then I'm like, damn, like I'm a high major player now. You know what I'm saying? But it just happened over time, man. Like I, I've been through so much so many different phases in my life where it was just like I didn't really believe in that I would be you know that 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 caliber type of player until like you know I surrounded myself with positive people who saw a vision people who who played the game and who people who loved the game you know what I'm saying like it it was it was a long journey man it it was it was fun I'm still friends with a lot of those guys um TJ's doing basketball training uh, some of those guys don't play anymore, but you know, when, and then, when so, you, when you did work out with those guys and you were taking Bart, is that like organized workouts? Or are you guys just picking it up and playing? Is someone leading this? Cause I'm sure skill development wasn't exactly the same as it is now. Yeah. Um, some days were, were led by, uh, Phil Taylor and Raymond Young. Um, 
but I mean, for the most part, man, we were showing up our own, showing up on our own, pulling the gun out, getting shots up, um, playing ones, playing twos, competing, man. You know, it, it's, it's, we're doing stuff that kids don't do nowadays anymore. Like kids don't go to the gym on their own anymore. Kids don't compete. Kids don't play ones. Kids don't play outside anymore. When you said you, you thought about quitting, why, why was that? Like, how, like this clearly brought you back because it was a good group of guys, right? And it was like it gave you purpose again. But why why'd you kind of almost give up on it? Uh, I just, like I said, I didn't really see a vision, man. I never – until I met these guys, honestly, like I come from a Latino family, a Mexican family, man. Everybody played soccer and nobody ever got scholarships. Like, that was foreign to us. Like, dude, honestly, I never even thought about – prior to meeting these guys, like, I mean that 100%. I never even thought about getting a scholarship. I never really even thought about going to play basketball in college, to be quite honest with you. And so I didn't see anything for it. I didn't see a vision. I didn't have, really have no basketball guidance. So, to me, it was just a sport that I was just playing for fun. And then I ended up going to – took a visit to Marquette. <laughs> and as soon as I got off the plane, dude, I kid you not, I said, I'm not coming to school here – I hadn't even seen the school yet. It was just, I remember the day was October 27th, I want to say. I got off the plane, and, you know, in California, we have Indian summers. We got long summers. It's still warm in October, still some sun out out there. It was cold. It was windy. It was gloomy. And I was just like, I'm not coming to school here. But my mom ended up falling in love with it. Um, she really liked Buzz. I liked Buzz a lot. And the assistant coach that was recruiting me there, Tony Benford, uh, he was a good dude. That's probably who I vibed with the most out of all the assistant coaches that were recruiting me. And, you know, Big East was cracking then in 2011. That's, oh, yeah. oh man, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Time. Yeah, th- yeah that was the, the year I was going in was the year after Kimba had did everything he did. You know, Syracuse was still in the league. Louisville was still in the league. We're playing against pros every night. And so I'm like ESPN every night. So it was just a matter of a bunch of different things. Although in my heart, I really didn't think I wanted to go there. I ended up going there just because it sounded like the most logical decision. Um, so yeah, I went to school there my freshman year, man, I got suspended. So a lot of people don't know my college story, man. A lot of people look at it like, damn, he went to school and he didn't really play too much. I didn't, but I had a bunch of stuff that people don't really know about. So man, in the summer I went to a, what, this is August, like what baseball playoffs are August, September. So yeah. I went to a Brewers Cardinals game with a friend. So I met this guy in the pro am. He's friends of a, a bunch. Of, we got a bunch of mutual friends. So he ends up inviting me to a baseball game. He gives me a free ticket. So I go, bro. Like a month later, we're having a we're having practice, and the people from upstairs, like they they come and get me out of practice, dude. And they're like, uh, Danielle Josetti is the lady's name. She's head of compliance. She's like, uh, Danielle Joe said he wants to meet with you. And so my heart instantly drops because it's like, come on, man, if you meet with compliance, what good? I mean, what is compliance going to tell you? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> ain't nothing good coming from meeting with compliance. So meet with them, meet with NCAA, man. They try to suspend me for the whole year for going to a baseball game. Uh, it ended up only being three games, but three games in college, what, you know, that's like a week and a half, two weeks. And mind you, during the suspension, I can't play or practice. Mind you, the season hasn't even started yet, so I can't I can't start. My suspension doesn't even start till these games start. During my suspension, man, <laughs> I went to a little uh, a little get together, and I ended up fracturing my foot. So, yeah, man, I I fractured my foot during my suspension, so I was out like another month in a boot. 
So mind you, I can't even lift. I can't work out. I can't practice with the team. I can't be around the team. I can't do film. I can't travel with the team. So then that happens. And then I come back for maybe like two weeks. And after we, we played in New York on the 6th in New York City at Madison Square Garden. We came back, had the day off the 7th, practiced the 8th, dislocated my shoulder on the 8th. I remember these days. I don't know why I remember these days. <laughs> but I dislocated my shoulder. So now, What are you, what on, are you feeling like in these days? Maybe that's why you remember because it, it was so down. Oh, man, I, I ain't going to lie. Like, I don't like saying this because I think people from Marquette – may feel like I'm blaming them or like I'm taking a shot at Marquette, but I'm not, you know, it's, it's not about the people. It's nobody's fault. It's just how the, the cards fell for me. But Marquette was one of, I mean, when I was there, bro, like that was one of the worst times of my life, but it was also one of the more pivotal times of my life because honestly now at the age of 26, bro, I feel like I can go anywhere in the world and adapt, adjust, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> because it was just so hard. So then at the end of that season, at the end of my freshman year, I dislocated my shoulder again. And then I had to have surgery. So now I'm in a sling for eight months. So mind you, I missed the whole first half of my freshman year. Then I missed the whole summer between May or between April all the way up until like end of October. So what? that's eight months. Mm-hmm. So I'm missing a whole eight, a whole nother eight months of development. You only you only in college, what, for 48 months, 45 months if you do four years? You know what I'm saying? So now I'm missing a I'm missing like 15 percent just off this one injury. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So as a young kid, you're not developing. I'm not getting these game reps. I'm not getting these practice reps. It's fucking with my confidence. So my confidence was gone by the time I got back my sophomore year. And then my senior year, man, we had. By the time I thought it was going to be my turn to shine, you know, playing a Buzz's system, you know, Buzz had sent four or five pros at the four position to the league. And within six years, he had sent five guys playing that same position. Lazar Hayward, Wesley Matthews, Jimmy Butler, Jay Crowder, and Jamil Wilson was supposed to be the next one. I felt like it was my turn. You know, I'm going to shine at this position. It's a big guard position, four out, one in. Like, it works for me. I've been playing in this system now for three years. Fourth year is going to be my year. Uh, I'm a senior. I pay my dues, blah, blah, blah. Buzz ends up leaving. A bunch of guys transfer out when he leaves. Um, we only have eight players. Like I said, I ain't, I ain't blaming nobody at all. It was just the way the circumstances were for me there. And so it just didn't really work out for me at Marquette, man. It was just a tough time for me. And and also, like, people, bro, people around here were telling me and my mom that I was going to end up transferring, that I was going to quit. And I got a lot of pride, man. That's one thing. I, I don't really quit things that I start. You know, I always want to finish them. So I finished it out at Marquette, man. I should have, I mean, looking back, hindsight, uh, I feel like I should have left. But I got some good memories there, man. I got shit people can't, can't, some people can't say that they got. You know, I got a Sweet 16. I got a Big East Championship. I got a Elite Eight. I played on ESPN. I played, you know what I'm saying? I got things that I could talk about, so. Yeah. yeah, and you saw it through. You started something. And, and you I saw mean, it in through. 2020, I am where I wanted to be all along. So you know, I mean, looking back on the story, yeah. you know, cool. Yeah, and I mean, you said it. You're that prepared you for other things to come, whether you knew it at the time or not. Right, right. Yeah. So I mean, I've been all over the world, man. I played in 18 countries, um, just representing Mexico and FIBA's. Um, had prolonged times with clubs in Argentina, Venezuela, uh, Spain. Play primarily in Mexico, though. So 
uh, it's taken me a lot of places, man. And I, I went to every every place and just adjusted, and I was cool. I was there by myself. So that that's something we've talked to a lot of people about. Of like, you know, everyone thinks that they can be a pro, or like they don't understand the mental fortitude you have to have to do that. You know what I mean? And to be, like you said, isolated, like just it's you. Um, what is that like? What is that like? And what was it like? Yeah, well, I'm going to reinforce what you said. People think it's easy and it's not. On a day-to-day basis, like you're not, I'm not lacing them up to play in a game every single day. I'm not going out to the club every single day. I'm not going to shop every single day. Like I'm not doing all these things you guys think are fun every single day. Like 80% of my time, 85% of my time, I'm spending alone. Not only am I spending alone away from my family, the time difference is setting us up to where we, we can't even talk. You know, I've been like I've been to Czech Republic for a few days and literally it was it was a, a beautiful place and a nice place. But it was a tough experience because, one, I didn't know what the hell I was eating Two, I didn't know what the hell people were saying. Couldn't read the signs. Can't even call an Uber because, you know, you don't know where you're going. You like you don't know what's going on outside of what you know. And so it, it is a little tough, man. And then, like, in, in some situations, if you're in a cold place, if you're losing, if you get hurt, like, it, it's, a, it's a lot of people don't people don't know about, man. And playing basketball is fun, but it, it's a tough job at the same time. So, okay, you go uh, – let's go Let's go to this. And I always, like, find this – found this interesting on your story. You you go to the Santa Cruz Warriors to try out, and, and you use the, the example of betting on yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what you said. What what does that mean to you? What is betting on yourself? Um, I, th- I think, man, just believing in yourself and having faith and really being able to take the consequences that come with the decisions you make. You know, uh, one thing I've learned from this whole experience, one of the bigger things is I'll never let anybody persuade me to make a decision or I'll listen to their their insight. But, you know, at the end of the day, I got to live with these decisions and and I got to deal with the consequences. So, you know, when I decided to go to the G League, I understood that, you know, there are a lot of guys in the G League that are very talented, man, but they don't yep. get in the NBA for whatever reason. And I was – I understood that, you know, one, I'm going to be taking a huge pay cut. Like, what I was making the G, making in the G League, I was making four times that in Mexico, no tax. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, was, I was taking a six-figure pay cut. Um, and then also like, man, I'm gonna take this pay cut and I may not even get a chance at the NBA. I may not ever play in the NBA. You know, the NBA is not for everybody. Everybody's not going to make the NBA. Right. But I was okay with, you know, accepting those consequences and accepting that if it happened, because, you know, this is a decision I made. And I think that's just what I mean when I say bet on yourself is just like, Believe in yourself and believe in the decisions you make. They may or may not work out for you, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? There were, I'm, come on, man, there were hella people. And there were so many people, man, that was telling me that not to go to the G League because, you know, you're not going to make any money. You know, like, what if you don't play? Yeah. What if you don't make it to the NBA? Like, come on, man. Yeah, like, it's so interesting. There's a lot of talk negative about the G League, and I, I get it. Um, but... Again, it's another see it through type of situation. And for you, being with Santa Cruz, I mean, it's a great location. It's it's a, a good organization. You guys got a, a cool arena. Um, like that's that's a pretty good situation. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's where I looked up, man. I feel like that's the the basketball gods are 
are awarding me for everything I went through at Marquette, man. Because I mean, <laughs> no, nah, seriously, man. Like I, I get to play, I get to play at home. I get to play. I mean, I get to live in a place where it's, you know, warm for the most part of the year. I live on the beach. You know, I'm playing for my home team. And, like, I love all my teammates. I love all my coaches. Everybody in Santa Cruz. I mean, in the Warriors organization, man, it's just amazing. It's kind of surreal how cool everybody is and how great that organization Like, I tell people all the time, man, it's, no, it's not by accident that they're the best organization of the decade. And and I'm so you're in the G League, right? You you did two years, yeah, right. So two years. How how do you? And I think this is is sometimes difficult for guys in the G League because it's easy to get distracted, it's easy to get down on yourself, it's easy to not be where you want, where you currently are. Mm-hmm. And how do you come in every day focused? Do you have like something you go to, or how do you? What's your mindset like every day, getting through those days? Like you know when you're in Sioux Falls and you're losing. Yeah. Or if you didn't get a call up when you expected it, how, how do you make it through that? Because I mean, getting on your second year too, that's starting to be like okay, like here we are. Yeah. Um. So my first year, man, like I just went out on, I just went in on trial, and it was kind of like how when I was a kid playing with the Rebels, man. Like I was with so many guys. That team was so talented. Like there were so many guys with NBA experience. I think I was one of the two, maybe two guys, me and uh, Alan Smoligich without NBA experience, you know? So I'm just there like, man, these guys are NBA players. Like I'm just here to try to catch these guys pretty much. Like I was just going in and just performing, playing, like wasn't really where I would, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about a call up last year, like no call up, nothing like that. I was just trying to like gauge myself and put myself, get myself known in the States. So then at the end of that season, I got invited to summer league. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, that's at the end of the season between April and July. Like that's what I can focus on. And the uh, summer league, I got invited to camp. So between July and October, I got something to focus on. So I was never really pressed throughout the first year from October to October between the try the tryout time. I went to open tryout and then training camp this past year. Now, when I got cut from training camp, I was, I was hurt by that, man. That was, That was a – even though I kind of saw it coming, just because, I mean, it's hard to make an NBA team. And, you know, with the way the roster was set up and all that stuff, I saw it coming. I saw that I was going to get cut. Um, And I was pressing in the the G League, you know, to start the season. I started the season like 0 for 24 from 3. Like, you remember that, Packy? We talked about that. You know – I do. I was – Yeah, we talked about it. Shit, bro. Like, I was pressing. I was forcing because – I was so consumed with trying to get back to the NBA and I just kept thinking NBA, 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 and I thinking about where I was in the moment. And I had to, I, you know, I had to sit down and I, I talked to a few coaches on my coaching staff. That's one thing we had. We had a great coaching staff, man. And yeah, Chris Williams. Yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, they're all great. And you know, they just like, you just need to have fun again, you know, and just be here, be present. And once I started, once I did that, man, I went on a tear. I was averaging like 18 and 12 for like a 12-game stretch. I was shooting like damn near 60%. Um, I just was killing. And that was like uh, that was like early December through end of January. And then a few weeks later, I ended up getting a call. So once I just kind of relaxed, man, and just played the game and focused on what was in front of me, that kind of took care of that 
whole pressing and that whole frustration aspect. One thing that, uh, you know, is interesting too, you, you've played in a lot of different roles, right? Like you, you've been in different spots where you've been, right. different things have been expected of you. One, what do you feel like is your calling card? Like if I'm, if I'm a coach and I'm going, yeah, one, like, what do you bring to the table? Like, what do you, what is that? Like what's yeah, the thing well, that you hang your hat on every night? Basketball, like, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guard your best player every night. I can guard your best player every night, and I can guard positions one through five. And I'm confident in that. I can. It don't matter what the ball screen coverage is. It don't matter if we switch in. It don't matter if we triple switch in. Like, I can guard every single position. <laughs> um, I'm on. <laughs> I'm on rebound at a high level every night. Uh, I know easily I can go get if I'm playing. 20 minutes, I can go get you eight to 10 rebounds. Um, uh, and offensively, like, I'm going to find – I'm going to let the game come to me more often than not. Now, sometimes I do catch myself pressing sometimes, but more often than not, I'm going to let the game come to me. And I'm not going to make mistakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I'm playing good basketball, yeah. like, I'm not making mistakes. I'm not turning the ball over. I'm not missing defensive assignments. So, you know, like, scoring – I mean, that's part of the game. You know, guys get put in different roles, different positions to score. But, like, on a team like the Warriors, like, I don't I don't really care too much to be a scorer. Like, I know what I bring to the table. I know what my role is. I know what's going to give me longevity to play at a high level, and those are my strengths. You know what I'm saying? Now, my, my jumper has improved over time, but, I mean, that that's going to continue to improve. And once I, once I get – a coach gains trust in me and gives me that opportunity, then I can begin to expand out and, you know, show my game. Like, I can handle the ball. I can shoot the ball. I can I, – my versatility is my strong point, man. I can play any position on the floor for you, for real. Yeah. the You know, remember when yeah. I had that open gym before the season started? The funniest thing was, uh, you know, Steph had said he wanted to work on some things that he'd been, you know, working on this offseason. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to come in and, you know, work on some turnarounds and different things. And then he saw you and he was like, <laughs> oh, shit. And I was just like, what? He said, like, I can't do any of that now. I got to, like, right. actually, like, he's going to actually guard me. And I was like, yeah. And, like, that's what you did. You came in, you matched up with him right away, and it was just, you know, that was the funniest thing, though, that he recognized it right away when he saw you. Like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't get to work on this stuff. I got to start, you know, like preparing for the fact that this guy's really going to sit down on me. Yeah, for and sure. And that's gonna the thing I want to do is like, I, I want to challenge him, but I also want to challenge myself. Like, I get to, I mm -hmm. get to guard a guy like this. Like, yep. come on, man. Steph Curry ain't just a, I don't, I don't want to take nothing away from any players, but Steph Curry ain't like a Buddy Hield or like a. I don't know. Buddy Hill's a good player, but he ain't Steph Curry. Steph Curry's a generational talent, man. Steph Curry's a player that we may never again see a player like this in our lifetime. You know what I'm saying? So when you get the when you get the opportunity Ever. to match up with guys Ever. like this, like first if you're a competitor and you love the game, like man, I that was that shit was fun to me. Like that's cool. You know, we got the opportunity when he got yeah. right before he got cleared, we got the opportunity to get up and down a little bit and we guarded each other and that was fun to me, man. Like and you, when you play hard on these guys, you get to gain their respect, and that's one thing I want to do. Is like, I don't want to, I don't want to get respect in an unorganic way. You have that old school mentality that I, I just, I feel like I don't see enough of anymore. And uh, like shooting's a premium for sure. But yeah, everyone can learn to shoot. Like I can't, I can't teach that mentality. You know what I mean? So like, if I'm looking for one trait 
I'd rather have that trait in a guy than like, oh, he yeah, can knock exactly. down shots. You can, like, teach, you can learn. You how to can't teach shots. somebody how to be a dog. You can't teach that intensity. Yeah. You can't even teach no. anybody how to approach the game like on a day to day basis. Like in a, I'm gonna attack it today. You know what I'm saying? You've seen a lot of guys. You said like in the G League that like, man, they're talented, but they're content, or they're like, or or they're going yeah. the opposite way and they're just frustrated, right? Like what? What's? How did you not get caught up in that? How did you accept like this is what it um, is and I'm just a, gonna do it? I think it's a it's a confidence thing, an ego thing, um, kind of being able to look yourself in the mirror and just accept like, okay, this is what this coach wants from me. I mean, because for the longest time, I mean, it was like when coaches was like, ah, don't do this or don't do that, like. We only want you to do this. It was kind of like, eh, man, come on, man. I'm better than that. I can do more. Like, And it kind of made me feel like, damn, like y'all don't think I can do that? You know what I'm saying? It kind of messed with my confidence. And then also, it's, it's kind of like like for me, I'll use myself as an example. Like, I'm in the NBA, right? I'm at the high, I'm playing at the highest level, but it's still like some people still ain't happy for me. Some people still like, damn, you need to be shooting more. Damn, you need to be scoring 15 points. Uh, realistically, I don't need to be doing this because what I'm doing, what I'm doing is, is exactly what Steve Kerr is asking me to do. What I'm doing is exactly what Bob Myers, Bob Myers brought me in here to do. So what I'm doing is, is exactly what Bob Myers is going to pay me to do. So I don't need to be doing more, but I think people get so caught up in listening to outside voices and get so caught up in the glitz and glamour. Like, I mean, I ain't going to end up on House of Highlights for too many things unless I'm you know, have a great game or I end up dunking on somebody. But so a lot of guys, they want to they want to have that pretty game. They want people to talk about how much they scored. They want people to talk about who they dunked on. They want people to talk about who they crossed up. And don't get me wrong, I do too. But at the end of the day, I'm not doing it for the opinions of people. I'm not doing it for what people are going to talk about me in Oakland or how much people are going to praise me for scoring this much. I'm doing it because I love the game, first of all. But more importantly, at this point, this is my job. And if this is what's going to get me paid and this is what's going to put me in the position to live out my dream, to live, to play in the NBA, to play at the highest level of basketball, to fly on private jets, to get all this gear, you know what I'm saying? Then why the hell would I uh, divert from that? And I, and I think that's just the biggest thing. People just need to yeah. accept that. and People need to understand what really matters at the end of the day. What really matters is that I'm I'm a component to the solution of us winning, of us winning a championship. And at the end of the day, that's what really matters, our wins, our championships. Right. So I and the, and the irony of that is it's going that attitude is is that gains trust with coaches, which in turn, I think, you know, I can't speak on Coach Kerr. I'm not part of that organization, but gets people more trust to give them a bigger leash down the road. Yeah, of course. And so, but, because And it just starts with doing what you do, though. Exactly, because we know at least we can count on you to do what we're paying you to do. I got a last question 100%. for you. Okay. And I appreciate you, you spending all this time. Um, my la- how, do you, how do you deal with a bad day? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm in practice with the greatest shooter of all time, Steph, and he misses shots sometimes. So I'm like, man, you know what? It's cool to make mistakes. It's okay to not be perfect every day. And when you're around greatness, like you want you want to be great. But when you see how hard greatness works, like sometimes I just sit down and watch Clay and Steph work out. And, you know, one day I was watching Steph work out and he was trying this move and he messed up a few times. 
And I was as I was walking out, I'm like, this is the part people don't see. You know, like people see him make all these floaters and all these teardrops mm-hmm. and these runners and these crazy ass threes. And they're like, oh, my God, this is just luck. Like he's just throwing it up. But the fact of the matter is Steph really practices this stuff. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's just like, you know, watching a guy like that is you don't have to be perfect, man. You ain't ain't, no, ain't nobody perfect, you know? Yeah. And then last one, if there was uh, any advice you would give your younger self, like high school, um, what would it be? If you want it to be a job, treat it like a job. You know, I think uh, and I and I, I try mm-hmm. to find find the fine line of telling kids, like, you know, just have fun with it. Um, but, you know, really challenge yourself, really get in the gym every day, really work out, really do your push ups, really. But the 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 secret in that is that you have to find these things fun you can't find them as like oh damn i'm going to work out or oh damn i gotta do push-ups like nah you gotta fall in love with it and treat it like a job eventually it'll pay off like man i'm 26 years old about to be 27 in two weeks and i always just look at my life like man i'm on summer vacation bro like i literally no for real like think about when you were a kid and you would wake up in the summer <laughs> what you you play video games and went to go hoop for a few hours like bro I go, I go lift. I go, I go practice for a few hours. I mean, what, five, six hours out a day, and the rest of the day, like I'm chilling. I could do whatever I want. It's summer vacation, bro. And the difference is, is now people are telling you what to do with that yeah. stuff. All you have to do, you literally just have to show yeah, up. Exactly, exactly, and play basketball. <laughs> That's and it. Play basketball. Show up and play basketball. Someone's like, oh, all your weights are set up. Here's a, here's your, here's your uh, breakfast. We got lunch when you're done with everything. Yeah. So that's taken care of. But that's that. That would be my advice, man. If you want it to be a job, <laughs> treat it like a job. You know, and just just believe in yourself, man. Like I said, like the biggest thing for me was just finally starting to believe in myself. Like when I'm talking to kids coming out of college now, and they're trying to find agents, and they're like, well, you know, I'm trying to find an agent you know, that has a plan for me and this, that, and the third. And it's like, that's the, that's where you're wrong. That You can't let somebody else make a plan for you. You know, had I had a plan for myself, I would have probably been in the NBA three years ago. You know what I'm saying? But I never even thought about going to the G League. I never even thought about going yeah. to the NBA because I let other people tell me that, uh, G League, you won't make no money. Uh, you might not make You get what I'm saying? So uh, that's it, man. Believe in yourself and treat it like yep. a job. That's what you want it to be thanks for listening to our show this week and thank you again to Juan for coming on and sharing his story with us it was great to hear about his perseverance how he's able to learn his role and also keep a job in the NBA and I think there's a lot of people that would benefit from understanding their role on the team staying open to it and then also if it changes it changes but you just got to roll with it and deal with it our show was produced by Ellie Lieberman and Bianca Turner be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mental Buckets, at Pat Turn with three T's, and at UPB Training. A special thank you to Bennett Christensen for the beat and Jordan Jimenez for the sound engineering.